everybody. Uh, welcome to the monthly podcast called known as The Venue. I'm Greg Wolf, uh, IBM's Professional Development Manager. With me, as always, is Jason Hensel. Hello. I'm Senior Editor. Senior Editor, yes. And we have a special guest, uh, Gina Brightson, a Director of Membership. Gina, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Glad to participate. Today. Absolutely. Um, well, of course, well... Let's let's just get this out, out out there. Do you have any bad jokes today? I, I don't have any bad jokes today. Okay. Um, usually we start the show with uh, Jason Hensel, who, and, and this is why I, I've never understood this exactly. You are a a comedian, yes. Uh, stand, well, not stand up, but you're uh, improv. I do improv. Yes. All right, that is a as a profession, and yet you insist upon these bad jokes. I love. I how love, do you how do you justify that as an artist? Since we'll be speaking about artists today, I I just love corny jokes. Would well, you like it because it gets a rise out of me? Uh, partly because I just can't stand jokes like that. Is that possibly that, it? That is could, it your, that is could it your be audience? A, it could be a, partly. Yeah, it's partly the audience. I like kind of, I like it, it's kind of groans out of people. Like, oh, that's so bad. Yeah. See. Okay. So I had. <laughs> I, no. I'll, 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 let's talk about this for a second. I have friends. We call them dad jokes because you know it's just it just sounds like a, yeah. something your dad would say. Uh, so you, know. you want to give an example? Yes, please. A, pre- so, a previous joke I said. Yes. So here I'll give it to Gina. Okay. Is that, um, uh, what kind of music is a mummy's favorite music? I don't know. See, rap music. Oh, See, exactly. <laughs> I just I just can't. I just. Okay, Greg, I agree. Thank you. It just hurts. <laughs> How do you get a tissue to dance? Tissue to dance? Yeah. Don't know. You got to put a little boogie in it. Oh no. See, see, you see, you see, Gina. Why I can't? We're so, going downhill. We are going downhill, <laughs> and you know, um, so I think we should just come out. You know, as everyone knows, uh, the artist Prince passed away yesterday at the age of fifty-seven. Um, uh, we wanted to bring. We know. Uh, well, we are. It's no secret. Obviously, we're going to Minneapolis for Vinnie Connect. Very excited about it. Very excited about the programming, the networking, membership benefits. Uh, I know Gina had a, a secret plan to try to bring Prince, a secret, a secret uh, guest for the reception. And in all seriousness, we were trying to figure out how, what angle could we use to see if he could get him. Um, so, especially we know Gina was such a huge fan of Prince, we want to invite him to the show today just to talk a little about, uh, and also to the audience, you know, uh, what she thinks of Prince as an artist, how he changed music in this particular case, rock and roll, pop music, and also just to tell us why she liked Prince. And we're hoping also this will start a conversation about why you and the audience, uh, you know, from a venue manager's perspective, did you ever have him in your building, any stories about him, and then you, you're, of course, his fans. I would say before we begin, I've noticed, I was seeing some article, it's difficult to find his music online yes. because of the battles he had with the record labels. Uh, is that true? Gene, have you heard either of you heard of that? Yeah, I did. That was something that he was very protective of, and I think a lot of it had to do with his battle with his record company for all those years. But just here recently, he got his catalog back. And uh, so even to this morning, I had checked uh, Apple uh, iTunes to see if he had any songs there, and he does. Mm-hmm. So, um, so all that had been rectified, so I guess he, the permission uh, had been granted to... Um, purchase his material that way. I know he had an affiliation here recently with Jay-Z's company and 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 you could um some of his music could be streamed through them. Mm-hmm. But um but it, it, 
as an artist, he was very protective of his music, his craft. And so that was one thing I really appreciated about him because he music meant everything to him. Mm, absolutely. So didn't he release an album recently? It was not free, but it was did he self-release it or something. It was an album I saw recently, I think. Yeah, yeah. he just had a release maybe two months ago, I think the timing was. Not sure how it did, but uh, one of the things that, that impressed me in the news coverage yesterday is just the amount of sales he was able to achieve on his own because he did all the marketing uh most of the music he he played every instrument he had taught himself 20 instruments over his lifetime so he was just so talented but his business uh acumen was off the charts absolutely so. so gina let's go just tell us about you know how you became a fan of prince well, I tell you, uh, I, it's been some 20 plus years ago uh, in the 70s. I remember when I first heard about him, I did not like Prince. And uh, one of my cousins, she just fell in love with him. And so I heard a lot about him before I started to follow him. But it didn't take long uh, for me to become a fan. Uh, when his song Kiss came out, uh, I was hooked. Mm. That's one of my favorite songs. The video just got me. And him and Michael Jackson, they were one of the fewer uh, African-American artists that MTV covered back in those days. So uh, he took full advantage of that. So uh, video really helped sell not only, you know, millions of fans, but me personally. But my first um, experience with him, I got to see a live show with him and to the day, five years ago yesterday, April 21st, 2011, at the Forum. And what impressed me about that event, I was there for another conference and a trade show, but uh, the marketing behind that, that particular show was the Forum. He loved the history that was involved with that being in Inglewood, California. They had uh, the history with, with the venue uh, had kind of been uh, dark off and on, but he had worked with Live Nation to make uh, some shows available for $25, and uh, Live Nation, they made it happen, uh, so he was very much about making his shows affordable, uh, and that was a 21-show event during that time, so, but the show itself, it was fabulous, uh, 17,000 people in that venue packed, and it was just magnetic, and I'd never seen him live. And I tell you, the energy, um, he played for over three hours. And when I walked out that night, I was even more in love with him than ever. So he, he, he just, he was about the music. And, uh, of course, he had different performers throughout that particular show that he was running. Sheila E. came out. Everybody knows was one of his protégés. She played halfway through the set. So it was just a very special night. And I, it was just one of my most uh, precious memories of Absolutely. you know uh, going to, to a concert. So, uh, you know, his work ethic, I think, is you talk to you a three-hour show. Yes. Um, and, and go ahead. And not, yeah, not just the show itself, but the preparation for the show. I was reading an article about how he would get, as soon as the show was over, he'd get on the bus, and the videotape of the show would be on the TV there, hmm. and he would watch and take detailed notes of what he did right, what he did wrong, for the, and just, just be prepared for the next show. He was always making right. himself better. Yeah, and another thing that he was famous for is the after show. He would play for that extent of time, and then he would 
make go show up at, at, at a club or somewhere hmm. more intimate and just play into the uh, wee hours of the morning. So he just loved making people happy. Um, and it was really about his music. And he was a master guitarist. I'll never forget I saw a show. Uh, several years ago, Lenny Kravitz, well, it was his show, but he invited Prince to come on, and he just took over the performance with his mastery of that guitar, and I was I was so impressed. So, again, he's, uh, I, as you can see, I'm just one of his biggest fans. Absolutely. And I just want to say one other thing. Another former IBM staff that a lot of you may know, Dana Glazier, she was a huge uh, Prince fan. She was uh, oversaw our education at one point here, then research. Dana probably alone went to at least 10 of his events. One of uh, He did a big show in London a few years ago, and that was our very first venue management school that occurred in Europe. Dana was going uh, for that event, and, and some of our venue managers there at O2 heard about it, and they invited her to come to the show. Wow. So she had a tremendous time. And uh, so anyway, just a plug for Dana, because <laughs> she's one of his biggest fans that I know of personally. So have you seen any, I mean, you're active on the social media, and so are you, Jason. I mean, where have you seen any really cool tributes to Prince? I know I saw... Uh, a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, there's one I saw online of when he was, I don't know if it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he did a solo during the um, My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, yeah, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The, the Beatles yeah. uh, song, of course. Oh, yeah. And uh, he took that over. Like you were saying, like, yeah, yeah and, and it was great. I mean, yeah, yeah. Slash, he's, of course, Slash, the reputation. He's a, a, one of the best guitarists in, in the world, and, and he's kind of dueled with him, and mm -hmm. so he stands his ground. So, yeah. Oh, wait, and from a venue perspective, you know, um, after the notorious, uh, well, what do you want to call it, the Super Bowl incident where, um, uh, you know, the CBS and the league and everyone had to kind of reassess what the Super Bowl halftime show was going to be. Yeah. Prince, I think, was he the one immediately afterward? I think he was a couple years in. But I, I distinctly remember Prince's, I think we all will, his performance at that Super Bowl and just how it was, hands down, the best one in, in recent or anyone's memory, really. Yeah. I can't, I, I've yet to see a list of uh, Super Bowl performances where his was not at the top. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what some of the reviews yesterday, they definitely, he ranks as number one. And just the whole Purple Rain effect, he closed with that. It started mm -hmm. raining, and it was as though he willed it to rain. <laughs> right. And so uh, definitely, uh, he, he's a master showman, and that just put him over the top there. It's amazing. Um, so just a question to the audience, you know, does anyone have any experiences like the show or with the audience, uh, you know, your personal uh, uh Love of Prince as an artist or as a venue manager. We love to hear any stories you might have. So definitely please, in the questions, or if you'd like to speak, uh, un be unmuted, please raise your hand. Um, I'm, I guess the next question really is, you know, what is Prince's legacy going to be for, uh, for the future of music? I know that the musical Hamilton, which has obviously taken musicals by storm, uh, and I, I, it surprised me that Hamilton, it, it's taken this long for a style like Hamilton to finally come out. You know, you listen to Hamilton, it just seems like it's light years ahead of, you know, anything previous to it. I think Prince had that same effect where it just, there was before Prince and after Prince, you know, in terms of the stylings and his way of, of playing, just like in the musicals, you know, there's going to be, they're going to say, all right, there's pre-Hamilton, there's post-Hamilton. Uh, I noticed that they did a tribute to him. 
at the uh, at the end of their show. I think it was last night. You know, what do we? You know, any thoughts, either of you as fans? And you, you know? I was just speaking to my wife about this last night. Like, Prince is one of the last remaining like true like rock stars we have. I mean, we have David Bowie. Mm. He really changed music, and then. I think, I mean, you have Madonna, mm-hmm. changing pop music, but who are those other rocks? I mean, sure, you have the Rolling Stones, you know, Mick Jagger and them. I just, I'm just, we're slowly, lo- like, I can't think of anyone that's come of popularity in, the, like, the 90s, late 80s to 90s, that has the same kind of, like, superstar status yeah. that, like, Prince, and even if you go on the countryside, like, Willie Nelson and Merle Hager, you know, Mm-hmm. People like that. I can't think of anybody that has that kind of superstar status. And I don't know if it's the age we live in where almost anyone can be a star now. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then, to see Prince, who was very reclusive, also mm-hmm. you had to go to concerts. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't. There weren't a lot or size of music videos. He wasn't on YouTube every single day. Right. Well, I, as you say, he was a unique individual. There was no just like David Bowie. They broke the mold. David Bowie. They definitely broke the mold with with uh, Prince. There was never going to like, and, and also, you know, he, of course, did the soundtrack for Batman 1989, mm-hmm. which I think he was definitely, I know Queen did a lot of soundtracks as well, but that whole movement of comic book movies that really kicked off with Iron Man in the early 2000s, really, I would argue, start with Prince in terms of it was cool to like superheroes. Does that make any sense? That it yeah. really was a mainstreaming of that type of entertainment. That movie was so successful, but I was, you know, I, I can't help but think Prince was part of that, making it cool. Uh, and he was different. He was, uh, I don't want to say weird, but he was not the. It was he was not the normal way of doing things in music or anything in style and all of that. He did he he, he pioneered his own way. So it makes it makes a lot of sense to me that in '89, when uh, the director um, Tim Burton, Tim Burton, who again another guy just different. I just, it feels like, you know, we're never going to, I don't want to say never, but as of now, I can't name of any artist that we feel like really is setting themselves apart. Yes, you could say Lady, Lady Gaga, but she sure. still, still Kanye, needs our 20 no years under about her belt. Lady Gaga, so Kanye West, you know, there's... Uh, oh. <laughs> there's that, they have that international appeal. Well, and then there's, there's, just, yeah. there's just something, that, that, mm-hmm. again, no one's ever done like them before, and I really think, uh, and I, so the question is then, how will this affect our venues in terms of, and the trends in terms of artists coming through. I think obviously country is huge right now with our venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, probably where pop, you know. I mean, you can talk big. about like t- someone like Taylor Swift, right? Who's selling out, you know, seventy thousand seat stadiums. Mm-hmm. However, and I might get bashed for this, but I don't think she's making. Any, she's not breaking any new musical ground. She sees she's singing popular songs, but her songs are very based in pop. Mm-hmm. Standard mainstream, pop song, yeah. mainstream pop, you know. Right. Whereas you, you know, someone like Prince or David Bowie, they're taking they're taking disparate elements of music and mashing them together and creating this whole new new monster, mm-hmm. and, and and it works out. Yeah, I I, I wonder was Prince, um, Gene, would you consider him mainstream or was he really? I mean, to me, uh, artists like uh, Taylor Swift are very popular because they appeal to so many people. Mm-hmm. It's a very inclusive. Anyone can listen to Taylor Swift, even if you're not a huge pop fan. Listen to her. Was Prince was Prince unique enough that you found people like? Ah, it's not. You said when you first heard him, he wasn't for you. Yeah. Do you feel like, as an artist, he made a decision where you love me or like me? He's not gonna. 
I don't think he changed his style to try to appeal to the masses. He just did what he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, so several of his interviews, and, and uh, they were featuring one over and over yesterday that he had done with Larry King, where he didn't want him himself or his music to be categorized. He he just did what he felt right. was right. And, 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 of course, it just appealed to so many people. So uh, he, he's just – his music, his style was just – uh, unique and you either loved him or you didn't right. and and of course it took me some time to get there but but again I just had an appreciation for the way he he loved music he was a student of music um, and there were so many people that he really appreciated uh, Stevie Wonder was one of uh, an individual that he really uh, looked up to in terms of how Stevie uh, you know, it, with the instruments, he taught himself, of course, and, and with his status. So there were certain people that really influenced the way he did music. But but again, I, I don't think we can really say that he, his style was patterned after anybody else. It was just so unique. Well, I think that's what they really like. They were just like, I'm just going to make songs that I want to, mm -hmm. I like, and I want to record. Right. Well, we have a, a very a comment that I think would reinforce that uh, from our listeners, Andrew. It says Lemmy, Bowie, Prince, all dead within a couple months of each other. Better go see the living legends before they the time comes to an end. He's right, and I think that also is a very good point in terms of the business of venues. Yeah, you know, as baby boomers are retiring, they want to go see the artists they love. Uh, and but at the same time, how are millennials, uh, millennials and, and Gen Xers? What are their trends in purchasing tickets? And it, he's, you know. From two perspectives, one, I think if you're a fan of any of these living legends that we still have around, <laughs> go see them now. <laughs> because let's be frank, 57 is not old, especially now. Uh, you know, people living into the late 80s now, and I think average age is, I think it's slipping a little bit in the United States, but it's still a long time. So, and I don't think Prince was really known for having. I mean, I don't. He was a Jehovah Witness, and yeah. he. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he had. There's. I don't think he had any um, health uh, issues. I, health I, issues or any. I don't. I never heard about him being. You know, uh, he had of dro have, uh, drugs or alcohol either. Double hip replacement. Yeah, yeah, I had heard that years ago, but he he wasn't. A, he didn't yeah. consume alcohol. Yeah. Never knew him to be involved in drugs. So he was a vegan mm -hmm. uh, uh, for a number of years. So uh, from all appearances, he had no health issues. So uh, except for the hip thing, yeah. and of course with the dancing that he did, it's yeah. understandable. But. Yeah, I, I, dancing heels too. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was able to do that, and that's the thing too. His sense of style was just only truly only his own, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I, so, thank you, Andrew, for the comment. It definitely, it's you know, if you're a fan of any of these artists who you've been around for a while, definitely go see them if you can. And in terms of the industry, I feel like we're going to start seeing it. We're going to have to see a shift to different forms of music or or the or uh, artists that are here younger, a little younger, because. Just, I'm just wondering if this is the age we start the hologram holograms start coming on board. Yeah, that's a good question. What what was you know? I wonder if Prince's estate will allow for uh, for uh, an image of him because you know Michael Jackson. I know is I believe the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil show is still going on. I think mm -hmm. uh, I know that's been a huge success. Uh, I think I heard a joke recently that you know he made more money than we did alive. You know he made. I think the Michael Jackson show. I want to say made almost a hundred million dollars last year. I could be wrong on that, but, uh, so it is a shame that these artists, artists are, are, are dying. And it, I, and I really do hope Prince, I mean, he, as you said, Jenny, he was a, obviously a healthy looking guy and, 
you never heard about him really uh, having problems with drugs or alcohol. So anyway, so thank you, Gina, very much. I know it's been uh, it's been rough past kind of 24 hours. I know you came to our offices and and uh, let us know about it. I know it's been it's been difficult for a fan, and I really hope. Uh, again, that's why you talk about the artist. I mean, artist uh, his music. I hope people get a chance to you know be introduced to it. Uh, you know, and then uh, definitely if you see Gina at Venue Connect. I hope you uh, can have some stories for her about your friends' experiences because I'm sure mm-hmm. I know Jim would love to hear it. So uh, a little bit of a segue. Uh, um, we're going to talk <laughs> now about um, uh, uh, Earth Day, and uh, and uh, so I know a lot of our venues uh, have sustainable uh, efforts, and I, I don't know if I don't know if the environment was one of Prince's issues. I don't know. He, he seemed to be kind of he kind of loved everything. It seemed. Yeah. Um, so today is Earth Day, of course. Uh, and uh, we want to definitely put a plug in for our sustainability survey. Uh, you'll be getting a reminder in your email boxes uh, next week to fill it out. We love to have your participation, everyone. Of course, if you participate in the uh, sustainability survey, you get the results for free as a member, as a member, as a benefit of participating. Uh, and uh, you know, we the sustainability committee also will be having a session at Venue Connect. Uh, so please check that out. There'll also be, uh, if you have any questions, there'll be, uh, our, some of our committee members will be hanging out at the Education Corner membership booth. After you see Gina on the membership side, be sure to walk over to, to the Education Corner and say hi to our uh, hardworking sustainability uh, members. I don't know, have you seen anything in the news recently, Jason, about Earth Day or whatever, any celebrations or? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, to me, Earth Day really got, I mean, I believe it started in the 70s, I believe, uh, late 70s. And I know as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, Earth Day had a huge impact in, for young people's lives because I remember it was a big thing at school. I think, uh, yeah, I think of, once you're in school, yeah, you're in school, you kind of have that, like, so let's all do something, let's all go plant a tree, let's all do something, but once you get out in the workforce, it's, sometimes it takes a back burner. Yeah, one of our <laughs> local venues, Fair Park, they're having some events this weekend, a three-day okay. Uh, uh, events, families are welcome, and I think it's free, but uh, all kinds of activities this weekend, so that's cool. So if you're local, go check it yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if anybody's listening, if they're doing anything at their venue today or this weekend to celebrate Earth Day, please let us know. Raise absolutely. Your, raise your hand or unmute yourself. Or- yeah, raise your hand and, and or put it on the venue after, after the show. Please uh, you know, let us know in VenueNet if you're doing anything special. I know that uh, the thing about Earth Day is it kind of has become kind of I just think business culture has embraced the idea of recycling. I know at our mm-hmm. office, just as an example, we always try to recycle or you know uh, our paper. Uh, I think you see, uh, I mean, you see plenty of people drinking water, uh, and like my, you know, obviously, I'm not doing a very good job right now because you see on camera, I have my uh, plastic uh, iced tea and my plastic um, latte from Starbucks, so I'm not exactly. Uh, <laughs> helping the environment right now, uh, but I will recycle it. But the same, well, my point of all this is you see a lot of individuals in our offices, I'm sure in venues as well, your staff will have a, a recyclable, uh, I mean, a, um, a water bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. just business culture has embraced the idea of using, you know, things you can reuse or recycle your trash. And, of course, our venues have also composting and, I think Sarah, um, Sarah uh, Thorson, our colleague, was telling us about, I believe in Cleveland, I believe it was one of our venues there, is oh, yeah. as a farm, I think now, um, yeah. Farm to Table is becoming uh, a big a big deal. And I know it, it can be a little more expensive, but I think it really is a way of supporting the community. So sustainable things like that, I think, are just kind of becoming the norm. 
Uh, when we were in uh, um, Vancouver, they have a green roof. Yeah. And I know they have bees on top of that roof. I know the Portland Five uh, has bees as well. Uh, I, I was just at a high school event for my high school back in Arkansas, and they have bees on their roof. And they have a bee club. So I, I would just say the impact of Earth Day now is is that just you just it just has kind of become what we do, and it's not maybe perhaps that's why not why we don't have specific. I don't want to say every day is Earth Day. But our behavior definitely is changing, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see as much trash on the road. When I was a kid, there's a, there's a hilarious scene in, um, <laughs> a hilarious scene in um, Anchorman where they're walking down the hill and they just throw their trash next to them. They, just, <laughs> under, they take their wrapper and just throw it down on the ground, keep them walking. I know that's an exaggeration of the 70s, but yeah. I think it's what that, that's shocking to us now, yes, especially yeah. school children. I, I know, Jenny, you have some grand, you have grandchildren in school. I mean, I'm sure they're... Uh, you know, I'm sure. Oh, turn off, turn off lights. It's another thing too. Uh, you know, that's big in my house. Yeah, yeah see, so <laughs> I, I, I think it's good to point out Earth Day, and I'm sure venues, uh, some do that as you said. Fair Park's having some events, but really, it just seems that we as a culture. Are there any trends anyone out there has heard of? Uh, upcoming trends for Earth Day? I know I've seen some headlines. I haven't, I haven't not read them yet, but about. Uh, Eating less meat, the better for the environment. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that, if that becomes a widespread trend, how that affects food and beverage and catering the venues. Yeah, um, it's a good point, too, about um, the, the whole F&B thing, I think, really. We had it at, um, we had at uh, the annual conference where in Portland, I think, we had little the forks and knives that were recyclable. There were the wooden forks uh, and knives. We've seen that a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to look up online here. And a lot of our members, uh, they utilize that. They're made out of bamboo, so they're going to last a long time. Yeah. I can, there, I, there's a going. company in India I saw. I think it was um, they're creating sp- edible spoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's you the thing. When I was eat, using it, yeah. I wanted to eat it. It was really odd. But this is a spoon. That, a spoon is, it's, it's, uh, what do they make? Uh, I can't remember what they're making it out of, but it's 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 edible, and so if, when you're done, if you just want to eat it, you can. If not, you can throw it away, and it'll dissolve in less than three days. Yeah, it was really weird. I don't know what that had that strange effect it had on me. I was like, can I eat this spoon? Because it wasn't the standard metal spoons you see or plastic spoons you see. Maybe uh, you just have a thing for bamboo. Maybe I want maybe to eat a panda. Maybe I'm a panda. I just don't know about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's uh, so so today again. Happy birthday, everybody. Uh, please let us know if you're doing anything uh, in those regards. Um, I will, one last thing I would like to talk about is, did anyone enjoy or participate in yesterday's Jimmy John's dollar sub thing? Did you? I, I know we have a Jimmy John's down the street from our offices here. I saw a line around the block, and I was like, what do you people? I, don't, I did not understand the, the desire to do this for a dollar sub. Here's my argument. <laughs> you're, you're wrapping yourselves around a building, and you're wasting your hour lunch hour to get a dollar a dollar sub when you were just saving really three dollars jimmy john's like subs aren't that expensive did you talk to anyone yesterday who did no that? i don't i i from a personal standpoint I, I stopped ordering from jimmy john's after i heard that the owner was a big game hunter oh okay <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> But they have lots of deliveries here in our office. Yeah, they do. Right. So. Well, I'll never forget, this is a small store. We This this young man came in just huffing and puffing from Jimmy John's. Like, what happened? He was, like, wet. And he they had blocked off the street 
uh, uh, on the way to our road here on Fritz. And it's like, oh, I couldn't get around, so I parked and, you know, went across the creek over to your building. I'm like, what? Like, there was another way to get here. Like, so my point is, I think, <laughs> I've always feel sorry for the Jimmy John delivery. I think they had that under such harsh, like, they, they yell at them so much to get here fast that our Jimmy John's guys are just diving into ponds and streams <laughs> to get to us. So, <laughs> anyway, well, um, thank you, Gina, once again. I uh, really appreciate your comments about Prince. Uh, he will be missed, obviously. Um, Jason, any final thoughts? Oh, well, Greg, what's your favorite Prince song? Uh, you know, I, that's, I don't. I don't have one. I, I've liked everyone I've ever heard. I'm serious about that. I couldn't give – I'm not that big of a – I'll put it this way. I'll be honest. I'm not that, that huge a fan, not because I don't like his artists, because I was never exposed to as much as a kid. But, okay, Gina, do you, you is it kiss? unfair to say? Yeah, kiss. kiss is probably kiss. my favorite, but adore uh, the beautiful ones. When doves cry, there are so many. If I were your girlfriend, I mean, he's got a, a laundry list of those, uh, some that I really like. So uh, I just, I, I just, I didn't know this until yesterday, of course, was When Doves Cry. It has no bass line in it. And that it was groundbreaking in that, and I started, so I went back and listened to it last night. I was like, it's right. It doesn't have a bass okay. line in it. It's, the bass is the drums yeah. you hear. I was like, that's pretty groundbreaking. You got this really kind of bassy sounding song already. Sure, and sure. That's that. amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, One Dove's Cry is probably one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, Little Red Corvette, yeah. Raspberry Beret. Those are the ones that I, I you know. Let's um, mm -hmm. 1999. Those yeah. ones, yeah, that's true. 1999, and the funny, I think it was brilliant because that song came back hugely, right, mm -hmm. around the turn of. Well, like, I would century. think that Prince would like I, this. Is gonna be a hit for me <laughs> 15 yeah. years later. Yeah. <laughs> like he's thinking ahead. Yeah, he was thinking ahead. Well, again, all the great artists do see things before the rest of us do. <laughs> Bring us there, I would say. Uh, well, before we go, we do want to say we actually had a great interview um, with uh, Sonia, Sonia, uh, no, Antonia, Antonia Hook. Uh, Hawk. Hawk, oh goodness, brother, right this out, I guess, <laughs> uh, when we actually broadcast this. Uh, she was the vice president for the Leadership Center at Ritz-Carlton. And Ritz-Carlton, again, is coming to Venue Connect this year uh, about uh, leadership and leadership culture, which is going to be a great session. And we have a really nice interview with her that we'll put on, we'll tack on to the end of this recording uh, once we publish it on our SoundCloud account. Well, and, it, yeah. and be sure and go to our Venue Connect page because there, uh, the sessions are up. Yep. Session titles. Yep. So, no, definitely. Everything's coming together. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great uh, Minneapolis. Of course, we uh, again, it'll be Saturday there uh, with Prince. At least even if Prince wasn't going to be at Vinny Connect, we know he would have been around somehow. <laughs> I think. Yeah, so if you guys have any any ideas on entertainment for a closing night party, reach out to any of us and give us some ideas and help us secure the talent for that, that evening. And hopefully we can get somebody that can uh, throw in a few songs in honor of Prince. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, again, I'm Greg Wolf, Professional Development Manager of IVM. Jason Hensel, Senior Editor. Gina Brightson, Director of Membership. Wonderful. All right. Well, have a wonderful April, and we'll see you in the May. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you.